0: Edelstein here your celeb expert and your celeb savant celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show we have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities singers actors and industry experts Kevin Fraser is one of South Africa's most viewed and enjoyed comedians as well as an online content creator with a fan base locally and globally who has repeatedly broken the 1 million views benchmark with these daily observations and hilarious satires. At a young age Kevin realized he could not only make people dance but laugh a little too. His passion for performance and his natural talent started to evolve into something truly unique as he began releasing online videos in 2015 about his experience as an expat abroad and did so through the guise of stereotypical South African personas. The success of these videos were instantaneous. Kevin's career took off and his fan base exploded across all his online platforms. As his popularity continued to grow, Kevin took the stage in 2022 with his debut show, Minister of Entertainment. His trademark entertainment comedy style combines stand-up comedy, dance, and performance skills that captivates audiences, bringing out the laughter, joy, and memorable moments that sets Kevin Fraser as a standalone, not-to-be-missed entertainment ambassador. Up next on Celepsvant, we've got Kevin Fraser. Where do we find you in the world? How are you doing and what's happening in your life?
1: Thanks. Thanks so much, Brad. Yeah, uh, geez, at the moment, I'm kindly sitting uh, possibly at the corner pillar of Australia in the Great Barrier Reef, uh, just on a small break amidst uh, a little regional tour here, and then getting really itchy feet because I'm coming back home, and mm-hmm. yeah, very excited.
0: So now let's rewind to the very beginning. At what age did you realize, cool, I'm funny, and I can use this as part of my... <laughs> career path, <laughs> and how did that journey accumulate to where we are today?
1: Well, I thought I was pretty funny from like the moment I started trying on my sister's dresses, which was probably at around about six years old. Okay. But after being being told off for most of my life after that, I think to take it seriously as a career, there was this sort of weird period between being a DJ and then kind of finding this online space to express myself and my views, I guess. Um, which was in 2014. So I would have been 20, 23 years old um, at the time. And I was doing a lot of traveling, mostly in Australia. And I just kind of took to doing video as a way to keep people in the loop with my diary people comments and, and really enjoying my content. It I reaffirmed that this could be an angle.
0: From the videos to the stand-up world, how did that transition happen?
1: One day I, obviously being in Australia at the time, there, there was a time difference and I posted a video in the evening and I woke up the next day and it, this video had gone buck viral and it was a train ride I'd done in Melbourne. I was just commenting on stuff and there was a athlete, Demate Penner to be exact, is sitting in an Angola at time. He, Reshared a video and it went super, super, super viral on his channel. And there were people asking on his channel, where do I get tickets to see this guy? I'm like, tickets? Like, what, what, (laughs) like a, like a show, like a comedy show. Like, are you, are you, what do you mean? I don't, I, I just play music. I'm a DJ and whatever. And then I thought that, you know, I could possibly do this i've always wanted to do a show maybe let's do one let's 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 try and curate a show uh and let's do it in the most remote part of the world that i can and because if i bomb i can at least crawl back into my my shell and then forget that that ever happened uh and that show was perth in australia and i did it it was nerve-wracking i still can't watch that dvd it's just so fresh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and but i loved it i knew when i came back home i i loved it but uh that was a very curated performance so between that moment and actually trying to take on stand-up as a career has been a weird transition because then it's regular gigs regular content so it was just a practice game after that i think
0: what do you mean by curated when you said it was a curated shot
1: I really kind of crafted the entire show from a, okay. from the comedy side. These are my jokes. These, this is the kind. This is this is how I'm gonna go down this comedy game because I'd never done stand up yeah. the sort of traditional route, but I'd always been on stage as a DJ. I know what that whole. It's the same emotional journey. I think you're getting on stage. You got to deal with the nerves. It's people. It's you know what song do I play next? Where we're going with this? Who's yeah. the crowd here tonight? Yeah. It's the same in comedy. Just a, just a, you know you got to be funny. But, you know, after a bit of, I guess, stage time in that format, you can then relax a bit more and you can play okay. with the audience. You can get that confidence. Yeah. And do you still
0: do DJ work?
1: I, I actually have been getting uh, into it a bit more again. But the beauty of my show now is I bring all of that energy into my live show. So I'm not just a traditional stand-up. I put on a performance. There's music. There's dance. There's I try and bring it all together. Oh, so okay, that I understand. I, I can... Yeah. So that's, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. And it it's really important to me, I think, to have that musical aspect, because it's just music's been in my family. And I think that, uh yeah, there's a there's a, a definitely a door open at the moment for what we're trying to create in the future with that and comedy together.
0: So it's basically an amalgamation of the music and the comedy and sort of a show.
1: Yeah, I've, like tried to, I've tried to give it its own like name or acronym, but I'm failing hard. I'm like, could we call it Djomedy or <laughs> Comedie? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's a space.
0: So at what point did you decide, cool, I've been doing the stand-up for a while. Now I want to incorporate the music. When did that happen?
1: It kind of happened from the start. I feel like the music uh, element helped support my show. Okay. For example, I, I would uh, <clears throat> if I'd be sitting down and go, right, it's right, It's right. You're a comedian. You have to write. I just can't do it like that. I, I have to go into a space where I'm just listening and music makes me imagine stuff, it makes me think and then, you know, you can go on a, on a journey with it. So, but it's gotten to the point I think I would say especially after we came through the pandemic, after doing so much video mm. stuff, I was like I don't want to be on a video again. Um I I had sort of refurbished my my format a bit and I was like, cool. How can we, how can we plug and play this quick so that I can be able to use this on stage without, uh, having to concentrate too hard on that and deviating from a punchline or, you know, yeah. losing that energy of a joke. I didn't want to ever do that. So yeah, I've been able to get a bit of, uh, you know, te- technologically savvy on stage and use it to my advantage. Yeah.
0: What motivates your comedy? Is it experiences, observations, combination of both?
1: Absolutely, I think most things I would draw on are i try and i try, I try and have three strings, so you know every, every guitar's got a, a set of strings I go right uh, on one hand, it's just real life experiences that I've had, and how can I draw on those and, and give give like a reenactment of that experience on stage boom, so personal life experiences and boy, do we have enough of them in our beautiful country uh the second string is this is probably just a kevin thing i just get frustrated with stuff in life and it's a rant you know my some of my rants have become very popular so i've actually taken to using that on stage as well where i can just rant about a topic or a subject just because we can, you can know, Yeah, call it maybe load shedding like let's go on a tangent how can we pull that and just draw yeah. as much blood out of that as possible and then the third string is just Evoking happiness and celebration, and I think that's that's my personal favorite. That's where the music comes in. That's where dance comes in. My favorite things to, to to obviously dance, and you don't even have to say anything. You you can let the audience depict that that scene. So it's almost like yeah, absurd physical theatre with music. So I try and bring all those three aspects together. So that's what drives me.
0: Obviously, DJing and stand-up comedy are are different. Would you think that potentially? Comedy is slightly harder because in DJing, you've got the added benefits of the music to help with the energy. I know you bring music into some of your comedy, but when you're doing a DJ set alone, you've got energy of music to help you. Whereas when you're just doing the stand-up yeah. comedy, it's just you and your energy.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And I think that was the... Weirdest moment in doing my first two shows. It's like you're backstage, you're ready. Oh, I got this. You know, I, I know how to do this. And mm. I used to mix music, and then you run on stage, and then everybody's sitting in these comfortable chairs, and they're looking at you, and you're like, and then they scream and they go, "Oh, okay," and then, then it goes quiet, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Entertain me, my." I'm sitting there with my yogi sip, entertain me, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, this is this is this is different. <laughs> this is," di- and I think that uh, that threw me on my first couple of shows. It threw me hard, I, and I think. The, the The saving grace was knowing that you just have to, and I think I learned this from maybe drama school is that just deliver, just keep delivering, mm. go past your own thoughts and just keep delivering, exaggerate it and perform uh that's what you're there to do, and that's what the audience are there for so,
0: so you said your own past your own thoughts, so those times when it was just quiet, and you were just thrown by those elements of not having that music to support you. Was it your mind's talk that was like, ah, 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 and giving a bit of hesitation? What was the thing that threw threw you the most?
1: Exactly. It's like your mind's going like, you suck, you suck. Are your shoelaces (laughs) untied? Are your underpants sticking out? Like, is this next joke really necessary? (laughs) Is this person... Like, I've had guys sitting in the front with their arms folded and yeah, just, just looking scary. serious the entire sh- i eventually have to pretend that they're a tree or, or like a <laughs> stop sign or something so that i said i just ignore them but then that same person will come up to you after the show and go that was the funniest thing i've ever watched in my life and you're like well can you give me a smile next year because <laughs> i had to pretend you were a shrub and it's just because you got to remember these people are also listening it's not just you're going to be crying the whole time. It's people are listening and they're taking away things or they're reflecting on it in your own hands. And, and, and that's been the beautiful part of the journey so far is learning that, ah, comedy is also a way to, to get people to think and to maybe put your views across and, and let people take advice from it here, there and everywhere. But yeah, it's definitely, you've got to ignore that little guy in your head that's coming through and giving you a whole bunch of excuses. And also at the same time, if I'm talking about, let's say, supermarkets and experience that it's a supermarket mm. and your mind deviates to talk about something that happened at squash this afternoon, mm. just go with it. Let it happen. Yeah. You'll come back around. Don't fight your own thoughts either. So, okay.
0: So it's interesting you mentioned about watching the people. So are you aware of NLP, neurolinguistic programming?
1: I have heard of it. I haven't focused too much on it.
0: So this is might be something that helps you. So neurolinguistic programming is the way people process information, right? People have a dominant wine, secondary and tertiary, and there are three of them. So there's either visual people, auditory people, or kinesthetic of people. Visual people are very quick, they create pictures of what you're talking about. Auditory people, and this is just a like a um summary version of the whole concept. Auditory peoples, they hear the words. They understand the word. They put the word into a sentence. They put understand the sentence. Then they put the words into the paragraph and so forth, and then they understand it. Mm -hmm. So for them, it takes a bit longer. Then you've got kinesthetic. So saying that word again, kinesthetic people. For them, it's about the energy, the body language, the tone, the voice, all that kind of stuff. And they have to process all of that, watching you, and then understand it. Kinesthetic people look like they zoned out because they – monitoring or processing the information the things are, that are not seen in inverted commas so those shrubbery people or those tree people might be kind of sensitive <laughs> people because they just zoned out 100%. but that's just where they are they processing the information so i don't know if this helps it's you or so not interesting. but <laughs> it helps me when it i'm does. interacting with
1: people <laughs> it's so and, and if you're a certain way uh, based on what you just said then it's really hard to kind of like Yes. Try and be in their shoes. Yeah, you can't basically. Yeah.
0: Because often the moral of the story is just
1: water your trees.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So oftentimes when I'm with a kind of aesthetic person and they're like zoned out, I'm like, is this person actually listening to me? I'm like, ah, okay. They, that's how they're processing. Are you still doing a lot of, uh, moving back to the comedy and stuff? Are you still doing a lot of videos on socials or is a balance of each? You're doing more stand up now. What, what is that happening in that space?
1: Totally. And I think because as the world has evolved with content, I mean, even just the last few years, I was chatting to someone earlier about how content's just evolved. And I'm still, you know, in the beginning, I was doing quite long format landscape video. Now we're all portrait, we're TikTok and we're Instagram reeling. It's just short format. So I'm still pumping that out. And I think for content creators who... In my position, also do live shows. It's a way of selling yourself and you have to, you're creating hits, you know, your, your biggest videos are your hits, you know, they're your, until I get a sharp voice for singing, then yeah, that's, these are my hits, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's totally, totally, um, important to do. And I've learned to get more relaxed about it. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself a while ago to do, to just create viral content, but you, you can't do that. You know, mm-hmm. you can wake up and do several hours on a piece and it, Go, it doesn't really go anywhere. Or you could just open your phone and rant about something. Then next minute you've broken the internet. So yeah. it's very hard to, so just, just process. It's a process.
0: Do you ever get frustrated with it and with social media and like chasing the virality of it? I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs>
1: totally i mean you're right yeah 100% all the time and 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 the the frustrating part about it for me is that we're getting to a stage now where you've got say five or so dominant platforms and you're looking at the demographics that that are on each one and and there's a few you know there's issues that we have these days and and is that people that with viral content we're finding more and more people are just jumping on that content so that they can push their own agendas and their own things and it's it's not really nice um and then the other side of it is just if you're i suppose this just is what it is if you've created this whole community and this whole hub and you want you you still can't speak to every single one of them you just have to hope it reaches so you talk about an upcoming show and then there could be one of your avid fans but they haven't heard about it it's just the way algorithms, I guess is the word I was looking for mm. uh, work. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, I've had content on, on, on TikTok like literally do a million views on a piece. And the next day I've got six views and I'm like, shall I, shall I throw my microphone away? Is this <laughs> it for me? Am I done? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, Am, exactly I'm, I'm, do I'm terrible. It's over for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I used to like check how many likes, how many followers, and if know, a follower went down by two or three, like, what have I done wrong? And now I'm like, you know what? Whatever. (laughs) I just keep doing what I'm doing and, and eventually it'll get bigger and more and greater, et cetera, et cetera. So,
1: and, and I've, I've learning this through some of my, my, my younger family uh, members, you know, my nieces and my nephews, and they, they're all getting into this space. Whereas I grew up kind of getting into the internet and I thought my, my, my first phone was as long as my swimming pool. And it's, you know, it's, (laughs) it it was in a situation where now, people getting affected just by other people's world and other people's lives. And what I try and teach my, my relatives is, Hey, we don't share all the bad stuff and the the, the hurdles Mm -hmm. in our lives. We don't, we celebrate all the good things. You have to remember that in between all those posts from people, there's real life stuff.
0: When you do uh, stand up, do you ever do interaction with the audience?
1: Not intentionally, but I've had a few situations this year, which have, um, been interesting. Like I, like I had a show in, in Brisbane, Australia, where a lady at the back of the arena was just, she just wouldn't. I don't know if she was, I couldn't even hear what she was saying, but it was really rattling the room like a heckler. So yeah. I had to kind of deal with that. So I went into parliamentary mode and honorable member. you know it's it's time to leave the house so uh people appreciated that on the opposite side of the the scale um i did a show uh i think we just come out the pandemic so everyone been through a lot this lady was sitting in the front she was so sweet she was just like she had a little handbag on her lap and she she was enjoying the show it seemed and then then towards the end of the show I, i came back and i looked through the lights and she was in tears. I'm like, whoa. Okay. So we went from laughter to now we're just simply crying. Yes. Um, have I said something wrong? Like what's going on? So I kind of stopped and I said, I said, I said, are you alright? And she just said, I've never laughed this hard in, in such a long time. And I just, I'm so happy and I don't know why I'm crying. So <laughs> I had an Oprah moment. I, I hugged this lady and with everybody clapped and, and unfortunately I couldn't offer everyone a free car, but you know, we had a great time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> putting
0: out there that will happen in a couple of years time
1: <laughs>
0: maybe. yeah a car for you a one for you a one for you yeah maybe you a, a little car. toy car
1: for the person in front <laughs> we're all getting teslas
0: <laughs> so obviously you've got this tour um it's coming to south africa and it, so what's next in the pipeline
1: sure so we will be uh evolving this tour although what essay is going to get is just amazing um, as far as the production is concerned and then we're going to take this tour a, a firstly to regional africa which i'm really excited about uh, and and also using that as a way to show people how incredible our continent is and the people that are out there waiting for entertainment you know uh, the big one next year is the us for me i'm very excited to be be finally taking my my tour to the u s and hopefully you know just continuing to grow my brand in that space and and taking just the when I say the message of of Africa it's just it's who we are as people our culture and our soul to the to the rest of the world and mm-hmm. I feel like it's a great time to be able to do that because there's so many artists yeah. and people in the entertainment industry doing that right now and there's a huge beautiful spotlight in Africa and it's 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 our time. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, people are, this are a misconception that no offense to anyone <laughs> that we, here yeah, in South Africa, yeah. Africa, we walk around with elephants, we walk around with tigers, we walk around with lions. There's still this misunderstanding of what Africa is. And Kevin, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. So as a final message to the audience, what would you like to say?
1: What would I like to say? Do you know what? If you're not happy doing something in your life, especially after the, what we've been through the last few years, change it. You have the power to... Do what you love. I think you only live once. People say you're not, you only live once, but you only die once. That's quite dramatic. But think of that. You only die once. So just keep, get busy living.